ladies and gentlemen. It's about that time. It's time to crush your fantasy football league. Grab yourself a drink and get ready. Because it's time. It's time to get that Dynasty Buzz. Already a few drinks deep in the Roto Lounge tonight. So don't be offended. It's your host, Brad Starks. Welcome into the Roto Lounge. It's your boy, Brad Starks. What up, Lounge Game? I am back on the mic to do an early overview of the 2023 rookie class. Just kind of an overview, nothing in-depth. I'll go into that later in the season. Player by player, prospect by prospect. Uh, put him to the model, let you know what I think about him. But this is just an overview of the class. And right now, some of you may be acquiring 23s or deciding whether or not you want to trade 23s. Or throughout the season, last season, you've been acquiring those 23s and you want to know what type of return on investment am I going to have? And I'm going to go over that with you real quick today um and i can tell you also that the rookie drafts are the easiest and cheapest ways to improve your dynasty rosters to help you on that path to a championship also if you're not careful it's an easy way to set your lineup back several years never reach for a player we'll go into all that as the season goes on but this is going to be a overview of of kind of the, some of the top prospects that i think are coming out and what to expect uh, but first, we're going to get into the cocktail, right? This is the Dynasty Buzz. I do cocktails. I do beers. The Roto Lounge podcast, I do nothing but bourbon. But I'm going to do a cocktail tonight. And I got it in the shaker right now. And this is a bourbon milk punch. Uh, and for all of you that like uh, eggnog, this is a cocktail that originated in New Orleans. More of a, a lighter Cajun-inspired cocktail let me shake it here while i shake it i want you to listen to some highlights of our our quarterback one a few years ago trevor lawrence in last week's game winning touchdown drive fire for the right corner of the end zone that ball is caught 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 for the touchdown in the right corner of the end zone how good is that touchdown jacksonville marvin jones Junior! Now, this cocktail here, again, you got to like eggnog. It starts with an egg white, two ounces of cream, one and a half ounce of bourbon, half an ounce of maple syrup, a little bit of vanilla extract, shake it up, dry it without ice, then add ice, pour it over some ice, sprinkle a little nutmeg on it. Delicious, delicious cocktail. Now, listen, in this cocktail... The bourbon really shines through, right? If you decide to use bourbon, you can use rye whiskey, whatever rum. It really shines through. So I've had this cocktail with Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. I've had it with Blanton's. I've had it with some other Buffalo Trace uh, bourbons. Tonight, I'm, I'm using Maker's Mark 101 because the bourbon really shines through. So you could use every whiskey in your catalog, uh, and every time the drink will come out a little different. So find the whiskey you like. This gets us in the mood for Christmas. So cheers to the lounge gang, and hopefully you're drinking on something nice tonight. Here's to you. Cheers. Oh, I have to say, that Maker's Mark really, really makes a difference. 
in Maker's products, I get like cookie spice, nutmeg already. Um, that's a really, really good combination right there. That might be my go-to right there. So again, two ounces of heavy, two ounces of half and half, one and a half ounce Maker's Mark, half ounce maple syrup, a dash of vanilla extract, and an egg white. Shake it up. Add some ice, shake it up again, pour it over ice, sprinkle some nutmeg. You've got a banger right there for Christmas. So let's get into this rookie class. Again, this is an overview. Just going to talk about the prospects, what I think about the prospects. And, you know, as the season goes on and the offseason goes on, we'll actually dive into these players. On my Patreon account, uh, I will break down these players based on film, look at them. We'll run them through the model, see what the model thinks analytically. Uh, and that'll help us make our board going into Dynasty Rookie Drafts. So let's start with the quarterbacks. And the one quarterback that everybody knows about and hears about is Bryce Young from Alabama. Now, Bryce Young came in after Mac Jones, after Tua Tagovailoa. Really did a great job at Alabama. Took him to the national title, won the Heisman Trophy. Broke Tua's high school records. Um, and really, he is built similar to Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, right now, they're saying Bryce Young's about six foot, 194 pounds. Tua Tagovailoa is six foot, 215, I think 217, somewhere like that. But when I watch Bryce Young, uh, to me, he's a winner, man. And when you say he's a winner, there's been games, yes, Alabama has had a lot of studs. Uh, but this year, when they don't have the Jerry Judys and the Devonta Smiths and the Jalen Waddles and those type of prospects... They've been down, and when Bryce Young's gotten the ball, he's made things happen. He's had to scramble out of the pocket. The pockets break down. He steps up, makes the throw. Touchdown driving scores to help win games. You can look on YouTube. I think it was against Texas was one of them. Just a really, really clutch player. If you like Tua Tagovailoa, you should like Bryce Young. There's going to be knocks on him because of his size, but again, if you like Tua, I think Bryce Young is a better quarterback in every sense. And again, that's just my opinion. Bryce Young possibly could be the top quarterback on the board this year for a lot of teams because I think he's a winner. He's a teammate. Uh, he's a leader. He's got to add some weight, but he can make every throw. He can. He's mobile. Uh, he, you know, he makes people around him better. So I think Bryce Young is going to be a really good quarterback. Now, once we talk about these quarterbacks, I'll, I'll let you know how I feel about other quarterbacks in the past classes, and we'll kind of compare them a little bit. Uh, for most people, uh, and not necessarily me, but for most people, C.J. Stroud is quarterback two. Um, and when you look at C.J. Stroud, uh, remarkably, he's not a mobile quarterback at all. He has very little scramble yards, strictly a pocket passer, replaced Justin Fields. I don't think he's anywhere near Justin Fields' talent, um, but a lot of people do like him. He stands at six foot three, 218 pounds. Is what they're saying now. Again, the combine is going to tell us a lot of these uh, data points that we need. Weight, height, uh, hand size, arm length. All these things that we need to know as a quarterback to help us make our decisions. But when you watch the film alone, C.J. Stroud is a really good quarterback. A very accurate quarterback. Has the arm. Has been surrounded by a lot of good wide receivers. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, there's several wide receivers uh, that he's been surrounded by. So going to a team with limited talent uh, could affect his uh, professional 
outlook, but he does have the tools um, and he's going to be highly rated in this class. Another quarterback we want to talk about is Will Levis. Uh, a lot of debate around Will Levis, uh, his production. He went to Penn State, was benched there, transferred to Kentucky, had some good moments, has had some bad moments. Uh, a lot of people are like, well, what, what is the hype around Will Levis? Uh, and, and I've said this to other people. The NFL doesn't necessarily care about college production, right? They care about you being in their facility, their franchise for the next 10, 15 years. When they draft a quarterback, they're looking for a franchise quarterback. They're not looking for a four-year starter, a two-year starter. They're looking for a franchise quarterback. And do these prospects have the traits, have the ability to be that franchise quarterback? At one point in time, Josh Allen was looked at as a really, really elite prospect. The following year, he looked like he was undraftable uh, at Wyoming, just looked bad. Improved his stock in the offseason, his pro days, uh, moved up draft boards. At one point, he was talked about the number one quarterback in the class. A few years later, he dropped to the Bills, um, but really has established himself as one of the best dynasty quarterbacks you can have on your team. And Will Levis is looked at by NFL franchises as a similar type prospect. He's got the traits. He's got the mobility, the arm, the height. He stands at six foot three, 230 pounds, was a three-year starter uh, at Kentucky. Um, a really good traditional quarterback with traits. Big arm, mobile, a big presence in the pocket. That's what NFL teams are going to look like. He could move up draft boards based on his pro day, based on some of his private workouts. But Will Levis could shoot up draft boards. And there is potential that Will Levis could be the number one quarterback in this class if the team picking number one feels like he has all the traits that they need to turn him into a professional franchise-leading quarterback, face of a franchise-type quarterback, similar to what Josh Allen has become in Buffalo. So keep your eye on Will Levis. Don't box scout. Uh, you got to watch the film. You got to watch the traits. You got to see what the NFL scouts say about him, not what you know fantasy circles online, social media uh, groups are saying about him because they could have it completely wrong. At, at one point, there was a never Josh Allen hashtag uh, because so many people said he was terrible. And wouldn't you love to have him on your dynasty roster at this point in time? So never, never excuse a, a prospect too early in the process. Do your due diligence. Uh, do your research, follow content creators that you trust, analysts that you trust, evaluators that you trust, and hopefully they'll put you in the right position to draft uh, the right players. Another quarterback that I really like is uh, Anthony Richardson out of the University of Florida. Now, he's very raw, very raw. I think this is his first year that he's ever started. But again, he's got the traits. He's six foot four, 231 pounds. He is a mobile quarterback. I'll put it this way. He has all the traits to be a top quarterback in the NFL. He's Lamar Jackson with an arm. He is Justin Fields with better rushing ability. Um, just an all-around supreme athlete, but he's very raw. Very raw. Cheers. Cheers to the raw. Now, when you're drinking this cocktail, there is some raw egg white in there, so I'm not sure if you're worried about that, but... Don't be a really froth to drink up. Makes it really silky, smoothie. Very good drink. But yeah, Anthony Richardson is very raw. He's got a lot of growing to do. And again, the NFL community is going to look at him and say, does he have 
does he have the traits that we need to be a NFL franchise quarterback that we can build our team around? Um, if he puts it all together, he is absolutely electric. I would say he's a top five NFL quarterback once he puts it all together. He has the rushing upside. He's fast. He's got a strong arm, but he's got to learn to read defenses. He, he's got a lot of work to do. And there is a chance that he goes back uh, to University of Florida. However, what he's going to do is he's going to say, what is the NFL community? Where do they value me? Where do they grade me? Am I a top quarterback? Or do I go back to school and return next year uh, and see how they evaluate me then? But NFL quarter, NFL franchises, I should say, they want to start the clock now. They want you in their building. They want to groom you. They want to develop you. They don't want you to spend another year in college and a team that might think that they need him now to build around for a few years down the road might want to take a shot at him. So the team sitting at three or four or five might reach out to his agent and say, you know what, that's who we want. Uh, we're going to you know, groom him. We're going to develop him. We want him to lead our franchise uh, for the future. And I think that's why you, you'll see him come out if a team like that values him. Now, if no teams value him and they think he might drop down to you know, the last pick in the first round, Maybe he goes back to college, develops a little bit, tries to come out next year with Caleb Williams, 2024 that is, with Caleb Williams and really put himself in position to be the number one quarterback. You know, if he wants to bet on himself that he could overtake Caleb Williams as possibly the number one quarterback in next year's class, he could go back to school. Uh, but it's going to fall down basically on how NFL teams evaluate him. So those are four quarterbacks that I think we got to keep our eye on. And obviously, the whole NFL prospect community is, is mentioning the same four names. But how do they compare to previous classes? Now, two years ago, I really hyped up Trevor Lawrence. I hyped up Justin Fields. I, I believe those were tra transitional, right? Is that the word I'm looking for? Transcendent type NFL quarterbacks. I, you know, instantly, I put them in my top 10 dynasty quarterbacks before they even played it down. It has taken them a year or so to really develop, and, and Justin Fields really looked lost the first half of the season and really came around. Right now, he's looking like an elite-level quarterback. I didn't see any quarterbacks prior to them except for Joe Burrow as a possible elite-level quarterback. Justin Herbert really came out. He was my number two quarterback in that class over Tua um, and, and really surprised a lot of people. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are, are ranked way higher than the Mac Joneses, than the Trevor or the Trey Lances, than the Zach Wilsons. I even think they're ranked higher than any of the quarterbacks in this class. I think Anthony Richardson's ceiling could could match, but it's going to take him several years. Um, so I, I would take Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields over any of these quarterbacks. The only quarterback that I might take over them is Caleb Williams in 2024. If We'll see how things develop, but but if I were to put all the classes together, I likely would have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams as my top three. That's the way I, I look at these prospects, but I think that Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson could be very valuable pieces to a super flex, two-quarterback fantasy team. One-quarterback leagues, I'd love to have Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields over any of these quarterbacks. And it's not really relatively close. So hopefully you made the moves uh, to get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence on your team. I think those guys are going to develop and blossom into really elite NFL quarterbacks. Uh, Fields has to develop his passing. Lawrence 
he he's just developing and once they add some really studs around them they're going to be really super nfl players all right let's talk about some wide receivers then we'll get into running backs and we'll get into some tight ends first wide receiver that we want to talk about is Kayshawn Boutte out of lsu now on film this man is electric has everything that you're looking for speed hands route running agility athleticism everything that you're looking for there are some questions about him he hasn't played some issues with coaches there's just some something surrounding his situation that you don't know how the NFL community is going to value him but he's six foot 205 pounds can play the slot can play outside can really play every position he's 20 years old Right now, if I were to guess, he would be my wide receiver one. But again, what does the NFL community value him as? And is he going to get a shot um, to be an NFL starter? And he should. Now, is he going to be a first-round pick, second-round pick, third-round pick? That's to be debated. I I can't imagine he would drop out of the second round. He's just too athletically gifted. Uh, And even to drop out of the first round, he'd really have some red flags surrounding him to drop out of the first round. Just a complete athlete. Followed in the footsteps of Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall at LSU. Just a tremendous wide receiver. Um, and again, when I put all the, the stats of these players in my analytical model, it's going to kind of paint a picture of who the best prospects in this class are. But I'm just kind of telling you what I see on tape, on film, without getting into those details, uh, that data-driven analysis. Number two is Jackson Smith and Jigba. And he didn't play at all this year, but... When he played last year, I mean, an absolute beast. He played alongside Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. The game that they didn't play against Utah in the bowl game, he went off for like 357 yards. There are some knocks about him possibly not being athletic, but when you watch this man, he is absolutely athletic. When I look at him, he reminds me of a Tyler Lockett-type player. Um, I think he's got the hands, the route-running ability. He's got some speed, maybe not the elite speed, but speed, enough speed to be an NFL difference maker. Love to see the combine. I can't wait to see what his measurables are. Uh, that's going to help us paint a picture of what his uh, NFL comps might be, his you know ceiling comp and his floor comp, and, and help us understand what type of prospect he might be. But on tape, Jackson Smith and Jigba looks like the real deal to me, um, and I would definitely be excited to add him to my dynasty rosters. Next up, uh, and these are just these are no specific order. Uh, I'm just talking about them here. I just wrote some names down. But Quentin Johnson, um, out of TCU, he's the biggest receiver that we're going to talk about. He's six foot four, uh, a giant of a man. However, he plays at TCU. He plays against competition that uh, probably isn't as good as who he is. Uh, how does that translate to NFL competition? Right? He. I don't know how quick he is, right? I, I, I can guesstimate that he's a 4'6", uh, but I'm not quite sure. He's a deep threat. He's a big target. He can out-jump and outreach uh, defensive backs. But again, we saw a much smaller wide receiver at TCU and Jalen Rager that dominated. We saw Josh Doxson absolutely dominate at TCU. The thing about Quentin Johnson, he's never eclipsed like 800 yards in a season. Unless he eclipses that this year, he never even eclipsed 1,000 yards. I think Jalen Rager eclipsed 1,000 yards one time. But in the Big 12, you should be able to dominate. I mean, even CeeDee Lamb hit over 1,000 yards two seasons at 1,300, I think, 1,100 at Oklahoma. 
that's poor competition, right? And, and CeeDee Lamb is not an elite NFL player, right? So when you look at the one thing about college football and NFL football, it's not equal across the board. If you look at a player in the NFL on the Detroit Lions and you look at a player on the Kansas City Chiefs, they might be better teams, but the defense is similar, right? They're playing the same level of defense, uh, the same level of competition. When you go to the college level, the SEC defense is stronger than the Big 12, and the Big 12 might be a little weaker or stronger than the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 might be a little weaker than the ACC, right? These conferences are all different, so you can't just say, well, Quentin Johnson dominated in the Big 12, right, and Keyshawn Boutte didn't dominate necessarily in the SEC, even though he, he, he did play very well. You can't compare those two prospects because the defense talent that they're playing is not the same. It's not the same at all. So Quentin Johnson, I have a lot of evaluation to do on him. A lot of people love him. Um, but again, I have question marks about him surrounding you know, his ability to translate to the NFL. Yes, he could be a good player. Is he going to be a superstar? That's what we're looking for in these fantasy drafts. We're looking for superstars. Uh, and one player that I think is going to be a superstar uh, without looking at his data metrics, is Jordan Addison. He's six foot, 175 pounds. Um, he went to Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, had a great season, entered the transfer portal, went to USC, has dominated USC. Fast, electric, can catch, playmaker. Now, when I watch him, and I know he wears number three, but when I watch him, he reminds me of an Odell Beckham type. And and, and that's exciting to, to see a player like that uh, potentially be a uh, Odell Beckham level athlete. Um, I'm excited to see how he develops and what his combine numbers might be. Uh, but Jordan Addison is probably going to be the number one receiver on a lot of people's boards. I mean, he dominated in two different conferences, uh, dominated with two different quarterbacks, two different coaches. Just a, a complete athlete, complete wide receiver that should translate to the NFL. Um, and I'm excited to evaluate him, look at his tape, break it down, look at his combine numbers, break them down, and really develop our ranking and see if does Jordan Addison sit at our number one wide receiver here in the Roto Lounge? Is he going to be our wide receiver one, our target, or are we going to look at other receivers? One of my favorite receivers in this class is Marvin Mims. And, and Marvin Mims is a junior at Oklahoma. He's 5'11", 183 pounds. To kind of paint a picture of Marvin Mims, when I watch him, he is type of a Hollywood Brown and type of an Amon Ross St. Brown, right? He's not as fast as Hollywood, and he's not as bulky as Amon Rice St. Brown, but he looks like a similar type player. He's got good enough speed to make it in the NFL. He's got great route running. He's got great hands. He's got great awareness. And off the field, he is a, a, a humble individual. Uh, his major is finance. He really went to school to, to, to have a career in the finance community. And he's just really developed as a great wide receiver, a great head on his shoulders. Um, I really love Marvin Mims. and He's a junior. There's a chance he could go back. I really hope he doesn't. You know, he eclipsed 1,000 yards for the first time this year at Oklahoma. Um, I, I really, really like him. And if he goes back and comes out as a, as a senior, you know, that really downgrades him based on our, our history metrics of wide receivers. We really look for those receivers to come out as juniors and be highly drafted. And if he does come out, I don't 
think he slips past the second round. Um, but I really do like Marvin Mims, and I'm looking forward to to breaking his his takedown and his film and and all that prospect evaluation that goes in it. Two more guys, Raheem Jarrett out of Maryland, six foot, 190. Um, doesn't excite me too much. I mean, kind of a role player. I don't I don't see him as an elite NFL player. Uh, but he's going to be one of the top receivers in this class, most likely. And then Josh Downs out of USC. He's a shorter guy. He's uh, 5'10". Um, and he kind of reminds me when I watch him on tape, he reminds me of the Elijah Moore type player. Uh, I know Elijah Moore was smaller than that. Um, but Josh Downs um, could be a, you know, a decent player, a role player. I don't expect him to be high on my uh, prospect model. But you never know. He could be. But on tape, he just looks like, you know, another wide receiver. Um, nothing that's really going to knock knock the doors off and like, man, this is the guy that you have to have on your dynasty roster. All right, let's take another drink, and then we're going to get into the running backs. All right, let's get into running backs. And this class right now, to me, and probably to other evaluators, revolves around Bijan Robinson. Now, Bijan Robinson, to me, is the prototypical NFL back. He is great at everything. Running the football, catching the football, pass protecting. And when we look at these running backs, a lot of knocks on these running backs is going to be their pass protection. Um, and this is a reason why they can fall in the NFL draft. They have to develop their pass protection. Bijan Robinson can already do that. He is an absolute beast. He's the best prospect I've seen since Saquon Barkley over Jonathan Taylor, over Brees Hall. He is my number one guy. I would rate Saquon Barkley first. I would rank probably Bijan second. That would be a, that would be a debate. Uh, who would be number one in my rankings, Bijan or Saquon? But before I get into that, I want to make sure that this is where you could set your dynasty rosters back years. Okay, do not overpay to move up to the 101 to take Bijan Robinson just because he is an elite player, okay? Look at Saquon Barkley, the same level type of talent. Two years after he was taken, what, fourth overall? I think he was fourth overall for the Giants. People had already given up on him. They said he was washed up. He was a bust. You could trade him. You could trade second, third round picks for him because he had a few injuries to start his career. So while, yes, to me, Bijan is way over everybody in this class sit tight if you can make a decent deal to move up to number one absolutely take it right if the guy at number one is trying to rob you and take all of your all of your depth all of your you know picks studs don't do it right follow Roto lounge i'll put you in position to help you find the right prospects if Bijan ever becomes available don't worry we'll be stacking picks throughout the year we'll have good prospects that we can trade for Bijan Robinson to add him to our list. I had some patrons trade for Barkley this offseason because he was cheap. They didn't get Barkley in their drafts, but they got him cheap because of injuries. Brees Hall went down with an ACL. Javante Williams went down. Travis Etienne went down as a rookie. A lot of these running backs can get hurt. Bijan could get hurt. Crush his value, right? Then you can potentially make a trade to add him. But hopefully he doesn't get hurt. But the point is, do not trade all of your assets to acquire Bijan Robinson because you never know what's going to happen. You don't have to have every stud to win a dynasty championship. You have to have the best team. You have to have the best depth. 
You have to have the entire roster hot when you go into the playoffs. So don't think you have to have B. John Robinson on your roster. However, there are some teams that I'm going to try to put myself in position to get him. And those teams likely I'm already stacked and I can afford to pay picks because I don't really need the depth because I already have the depth. I just need one or two more people. I'll throw a lot of these picks or a lot of some of this depth to move up to get Bijan just as a luxury pick. But on a normal team, you sit tight, you wait for your pick. If you can move up, yes. If you need to move down, move down, add picks for 2024. Don't chase players, right? Have a game plan, go into the draft, draft the best player available, and we'll build a team to help you win a dynasty roster. With that being said, Bijan is going to be an elite NFL running back. Probably as soon as he steps on the, as soon as he gets drafted, he'll be a top five running back dynasty. Um, he's that good. I think he's better than Brees Hall. Um, I think he's better than a lot of running backs we've seen, if not all the running backs we've seen since Saquon Barkley. Um, so if you have an opportunity to get Bijan, I don't think there's any question. You take him at the 101, even in two quarterback super flex, depending on your roster. Uh, but I don't see any quarterback in this class that could really have the career, I don't think. Um, two quarterback league, th- there's a debate, right? There's a debate that you might need to take a quarterback if you don't have one and you're stacked at running back over Bijan Robinson or you just trade that 101 down to somebody else. Those are scenarios that you just have to kind of walk yourself through. Next up, there, there's so many different running backs in this class. Um, Talk about a hot name right now, Keandre Miller out of TCU. Uh, TCU potentially making the the BCS playoffs. Um, to me, Keandre Miller gets what's blocked for him. You know, I know there's a lot of hype around him. I don't see the athletic traits surrounding him. Um, he'll break a run here and there, but I, I see that he's a player that really gets what's blocked for him. So I'm not super excited about Keandre Miller. Again, we're going to see how the NFL Combine and and his pro days look. Um, But for me, I'm not too excited about him early on. I know there's a lot of hype surrounding him. Uh, One guy I do like is is Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. Again, he came out as a really high prospect. Had a really good season, then had a down season. Came back this year, had a decent season. Again, some of these backs, especially Tank Bigsby, you have to wonder about their pass protection ability. Some of these running backs haven't shown the the ability to catch passes out of the backfield. But again, that was also a knock on Kenneth Walker. That didn't deter us from moving Kenneth Walker down our, our, our board. He was number two on our board the whole time, even with the knock about the pass catching. Because once they go to the NFL... If they're good enough to be on the field for two downs, they're going to try to make them to where they can be a three-down back. Is Tank Bigsby that guy? I'm not quite sure. Another running back we want to talk about is Alabama running back Jameer Gibbs. Transferred from Georgia Tech. Smaller back, elusive, pass catcher. He's more of the the pass-catching type back than the between-your-tackles type running back. He's definitely somebody I need to watch some film on. I'm not quite sure how it translates um, obviously, he looked really good in the Alabama offense. Surrounded by talented players, you're going to look better. A lot of people love Jameer Gibbs. I have a lot of more research to do on him to see if he translates, in my opinion. Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. One of the top recruit running backs coming out of his class. Uh, originally committed 
um, to a team, and then he lost his his uh, commitment because he was suspended from high school. There was a lot of things surrounding him. Uh, went to TCU. After the coach was fired, he transferred to Ole Miss. You know, he's being outperformed by other running backs. Um, there's a lot to like about him. There's also things to look at that maybe would be red flags. Uh, but on the field, he's an absolute beast. Reminds me of a Marion Barber-type running back. Um, lowers his head, welcomes contact, not afraid of it. Again, that could that could lead to some, some injuries down the road. Um, also something to consider there. Sean Tucker from Syracuse. When I watch Sean Tucker, I like him. I like the way he has vision. I like the way he can find holes. I like his speed. But it boils down to Sean Tucker, his pass protection, his pass catching ability. But his pass protection more than anything. If you, can, if you can't protect the NFL franchise quarterback, you're not going to see the field. So these running backs have to prove that they can pass protect and protect the franchise quarterback or they're not going to see the field. It doesn't matter how good of a running back they are, how good they run. If they can't pass protect, and this was a big knock on Rashad Penny his first two years in the NFL, um, other than injuries, he was having a hard time protecting the quarterback. Clyde Edwards-Alaire can't protect the quarterback. No matter how well you look on tape running the football when you have the ball in your hands, if they can't put you in there to protect the quarterback, then that means when you are in there, the defense is going to know that you're getting the football. So you have to be able to protect the quarterback to keep the defense on their feet or on their toes. Um, so if, if Sean Tucker can't protect the quarterback, he's not going to pan on the NFL. But when he has the ball in his hands, I love what I see. Uh, Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA, um, he's a decent running back. To me, he's a little too upright. Uh, he runs upright, and I think that's going to lead to injuries. I also don't think he has NFL speed uh, to be a long-term NFL answer. He could be a Ramondre Stevenson-type player. Um, good to have on your team. Uh, good to have on your bench. Uh, maybe has a good season here and there, but I don't think he's going to be an NFL star. Uh, that some of these other running backs might turn out to be. Um, but again, evaluations to come. Devin A. Chain out of Texas A&M. Isaiah Spiller's backup kind of relegated Isaiah Spiller to a, to a role player. Um, at Texas A&M, a lot of people said Spiller lost his, uh, his opportunities because of A. Chain. Uh, but I think we, we've seen that Spiller just is, is a decent average jag, if you want to call it, type player. Uh, just a guy, uh, but Devin A. Chain, he has track speed, elite speed. I mean, I'm talking about 4-2, 4-3, uh, absolute burner. Um, probably going to go to the combine and, and, and run a 4-4, though. Um, but he is extremely fast. Um, you know, anytime the ball's in his hand, he can take it to the house. Is he an NFL three-down back? That is to be determined. I'm not quite sure about it, but he is going to be one of the running backs that people are talking about going into uh, the draft pros process. Um, so those are some running backs. Uh, we talked about the receivers. Let's take a drink and talk about a few of the tight ends. Cheers. Now, when you talk about the tight ends, we had Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryermuth a few years back. Um, I advise pass on Kyle Pitts, get Fryermuth in the second round, third round of your rookie drafts, you don't really have to spend up for for a tight end. Um, you're going to find valuable tight ends later in drafts, off the waiver wire. 
You know, Greg Dolchitz for Denver is really, you know, coming into his own. K. Dot in Tampa is really coming to his own. Uh, are these guys going to be NFL studs? Not quite sure. Uh, I think Pat Fryermuth will be an NFL stud. Um, but you don't have to take the best one, right? Because sometimes the best one doesn't always pan out. There's a lot of tight ends that were the best in their class that just haven't panned out, didn't pan out, and were out of the league. But the, the number one tight end likely on most boards this year is going to be Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. He's six foot four, 265 pounds, just a, a giant of a man. Um, but not quite as the next tight end I'll tell you about. But Michael Mayer, you know, some can consider him the baby Gronk. Uh, really good player, can block, can catch, is a mismatch. Uh, just an all-around tight end. Uh, that should be a good NFL prospect. Um, is he a fantasy round one tight end? That's to be debated depending on where he goes, depending on how high he's drafted. Let's see what his athletic measurables will be and break down his tape. But Michael Mayer was a, a, a huge prospect coming to, to Notre Dame. I think he was the number one tight end prospect, maybe even a five-star uh, prospect. And that's a huge accomplishment um, as a tight end to come into college uh, with that type of pedigree. But uh, Michael Mayer will be one of the tight ends that everyone's talking about as the tight end one. Uh, the next guy is Darnell Washington out of Georgia. This dude is six foot seven. 270 pounds just a freaking giant uh he's 21 years old you know georgia spreads the ball around they have brock bowers there uh as a tight end they have other players you know so he he's not he is not the focal point of the offense but this dude is a mismatch he's basically an offensive lineman out there running routes um athletic uh he he's going to be very intriguing to see you know what teams think about him what his combine metrics look like um, and how high teams are willing to draft him because they see him as a um, potential anchor. You know, can he block at 6'7, 270? You basically just need to stand there to be able to block. And then when they roll him out for a pass route, very few people are going to be able to tackle a 6'7, 275 pound, you know, tight end running down the field. So he's very interesting to see uh, what happens with him. Another guy that really kind of came out this year uh, was Luke Musgrave um, from Oregon State. Uh, when I watch him, he, you know, he he's more lengthy. He's six foot six, uh, 250, so he's about an inch smaller than than, than Washington. About probably 20 pounds lighter. Uh, just seems lengthy. He's a really good hands catcher. Really tries to high point the football. Um, Looks like he has potential. He broke out and had one good season, I think. So, you know, it's hard to really uh, determine if if he's got what it takes to develop into an NFL um, tight end. Obviously, that you know, you need to have those pass blocking skills, uh, in my opinion, to be an elite tight end. So, more film on him that I want to watch. And then another one is uh, Jaheim Bell uh, out of South Carolina. He's six foot three, 230 pounds, kind of built in the mold of Janu Smith. Janu's like six, three, 248, uh, 250, something like that. Uh, they remind me of one another. Uh, so I think Jaheim Bell could be a, you know, a weapon in the passing game. Um, similar to Janu Smith, the year that Janu Smith was in Tennessee running 80 yard sweeps for touchdowns. I mean, just that type of athletic ability. Um, but I can see any of these four tight ends uh, being flyers for, for your dynasty team. 
And I think if you look at the quarterbacks in this class, the wide receivers, the running backs, the tight ends, I think it's a really solid class. Um, I think we have at least two rounds full of prospects that we'll be looking forward to in our dynasty drafts. You know, maybe even middle of the third round might be a good value pick. Uh, hopefully you've acquired 2023 picks. Um, if you haven't, um, hopefully you have talent that's going to, you know, put you in contention to win a title in 2023. But if you do have picks, you should definitely be excited about the, the, the draft coming up. And, you know, I'm going to break all these players down and, and run them through the model and, and break their film down and, and do that for the Patreons. Um, so if you're interested in that, check out my Patreon page, Roto Lounge. Um, as the offseason approaches, we're going to be breaking down film and I'll show videos and do podcasts for the patrons, talk about these players. But I also have I also have podcasts uh, for the public to listen to as well uh, to help you navigate through these these rookie prospects and get ready for your dynasty draft. But that's all I have for today. I'm back in the chair, back on the mic for the Dynasty Buzz. You know, I love talking football. I love getting behind the mic. I don't do it as much, uh, but I do enjoy doing it. And I want to help you win fantasy titles. I want to help you stay one step ahead of your competition. Love the support. Give a shout out to the patrons. I appreciate you. Um, you know, I, I love the conversations that we have, uh, being able to talk football and, and, and help you out when I can. You know, I, I make some misses here and there, uh, some start sits. You know, really, really kills me when I uh, give you the bad calls. But, uh, you know, trying to get better every day, trying to develop uh, this process to help us build our team so our start sick questions are are not as hard because our teams are built with these stars uh, and these studs that we know we're going to start every week so until the next time i can get behind the mic uh, and do a dynasty buzz podcast for you this has been your boy brad starks until next time cheers cheers